Welcome to episode three of our podcast about poetry. I'm Amanda Earle. I'm A.M. Kozak. And our special guest today is Jennifer Peterson, who we will get to in a few minutes, or probably less than a few minutes. So we finally came up with a name for the podcast. It took a lot of deliberation on our part, Facebook messages back and forth. The name we have decided upon is The Small Machine Talks, exploring the poetry scene of Central Canada and beyond. The reference is, there are two references. One is to William Carlos Williams' statement, a poem is a small or large machine made out of words. And the other part... Um, so one of my favorite books is um, Ann Carson's Short Talks. It Mine came too. out in 1992 from Brick Books. And I remember getting it at this random bookstore in London, Ontario, as, on a stopover on a trip. And I remember reading it and thinking, like, this is how I want to write. <laughs> so, like, oh, yeah. Since then, I've been writing, I've written a lot more prose poems, and now I almost exclusively write prose poems, like kind of like she has in, in Short Talks. So it's been a very important uh important book for for me in my life and that's the reference. Yeah, that that was the first Anne Carson book that I was able to read. I tried to read the autobiography biography of Red, and I could get, this is like maybe in the early aughts, I couldn't get into it. Then I read Short Talks, I, and um, I really loved it. And then I went back and I started over with Anne Carson. And sometimes you can do that, like if you find you just can't enter an author's work, you can or a poet's work, try try with a different book, and that's and then true, it, yeah. it can actually help you. So that's uh, would be fun to just have a whole conversation about Anne Carson's I have work. Tons actually. to say, but that'll be another time. We'll do that another time. Okay, so uh, our guest today is Jennifer Peterson. Um, I guess someone to read the bio. Sure. All right. Jennifer Peterson is an Ottawa grandmother, music teacher, and poet. She directs the Sawdust Reading Series, assisted by Natalie Hanna and Liam Burke. She is an autodidact whose poetry has appeared in Inwards Magazine, online at bywords.ca, and once in The Citizen when she was eight. She is still proud of that one. Please welcome Jennifer Peterson. Hi, Jennifer. Welcome to The Small Machine Talks. Thanks, Amanda. Thank you. Okay, so uh, the first, uh, we have a few questions for you. I have to admit that most of these have been in, have been uh, thought of by Aaron. So thanks a lot, Mr. Kozak, for no that. No problem. What are your poetic influences? My poetic influences. I mean, I, I've grown up surrounded by poetry. I, my father used to read us uh, Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats uh, when we were children. The T.S. Eliot book. Oh yes. Yeah. And uh, when we'd have family dinners, you know, they were often rounded off by my father with a cigarette reading Al Purdy at the table. So uh, you know, poetry's always kind of been around me, but I don't think my head was really split open until I hit university and I discovered. Allen Ginsberg's Howell and and Sylvia Plath and and Sexton and um, and a lot of the modernists as well really really did it for me so I, I'm still heavily influenced but even even more than that time now I'm influenced by Ottawa poets hmm. right well we're, there's a lot of different styles in the Ottawa group as well from uh, some incantatory styles like Sandra Ridley and and uh, Christine McNair, and then all kinds of other styles, some more performative stuff like Aaron and Aaron does. So we have a lot of variety. So uh, I guess we, should, since you mentioned your father, it's probably a good time to say that. Uh, so your father is Rod Peterson, who has been very much involved in the poetry scene here for some years. Uh, yes, we first fast, and he directed Tree for a yeah. number of years as well. 
So that's it. I, the first time I ever saw you was at that as a tree reading. So that was my next next question. I don't know if this is if you're gonna just answer with my dad made me go or something. But <laughs> what drew you to attending poetry readings here? Well, in part, it was my dad made me go. <laughs> I've been writing in a vacuum for for years and years, and uh, you know, I have journals dating back from 1985, right? Chronological order filled with abysmal poetry and. Uh, he he felt that it would be good for me to to get out of that and start seeing what's going on in Ottawa. And man, there's a lot going on in Ottawa. There's what a lot. A, what a phenomenally eye opening, mind opening thing it was to start to go to readings. So the, and you, I, I first heard you read even at, like at Tree. I think very when you first started coming, you were reading at the open mic, and yes. I was like, who's this person? Oh, she's got the same last name as Rod. Is she related to him? What, what's the story? <laughs> Walking in, walking in my dad's shadow for a while there. But you know, when when I was working with Tree, I was happily doing sound and and being shy, not really talking to people, but still still That's absorbing. Right. And it wasn't really until Sawdust came about that I became really really active. Right. Well, that's yeah. a wonderful segue. Um, segue to the next question: How did the Sawdust reading series come about, and how have you adapted it since its inception? The Sawdust Reading Series came about because I was at Loose Ends. I had been helping uh, Kathy with Dusty Owl, and, and uh, they were taking a, an indefinite break from that, and I had a, a metric ton of energy and nothing to do with it. So I thought, well, I've got lots of enthusiasm and zero experience, so go for it. So that's, that's kind of what I decided to do. Um, I had myself actually talked out of doing the series and yeah. Pearl Peary uh, put on Facebook that I was that I was doing it. So at that point, Too I late. tried and it's and on I Facebook. Said, okay, it's on Facebook. It must happen. <laughs> it must be true. If it's it on Facebook. True. <laughs> yeah. So so it all went from there. Has it uh, changed much since you started it over the two years now? It's years? more expanded than than changed, I would say. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, the fundamental concept of having the, the curated veteran feature plus a, a contest winner is, has mm -hmm. always been there. But what we're trying to do now is more. More for the people who read with us. We, for instance, uh, we're working on putting together yearly anthologies. Oh, cool! Um, of including all our contest winners and hopefully contributions from our veteran readers as well. So that's in the works. Um, that's one way that we want to keep things going for for yeah. our poets. Sounds great. And and speaking of the uh, the poem off, that's. Uh, can you explain what that is and why you, uh, the series wanted to incorporate that element? Absolutely. The the poem off, it's a monthly contest. So every month we feature a, a curated feature plus a contest winner. And the veteran feature from one month will judge the contest for the following month. So it's like a it's like a new contest every every time it happens because your judge is constantly changing and tastes and so on. Um Remind me of what I should be talking about now. Oh, the poem off. How did it? How did it come? I guess. Uh, why did you want to incorporate that element? Oh, so, that that was yeah. Because it's I haven't seen that, that was, one before. That yeah. was hugely important to me because you know I was what I was seeing around town were the same names mm -hmm. over and over and over again, and I thought, yeah. well, you know, I, I love seeing those names because they're all phenomenal names. But I thought there's there's more out there. There mm -hmm. there are more voices. There are newer voices, less experienced yeah. voices, and they deserve a, a chance to shine as well. And and having the opportunity to to read at Sawdust with with somebody experienced like that, you know, it, you can get connections. And yep. you know, I look at people like Robin McLaughlin, yeah. uh, who yeah. was a, one of our Pomoff winners, who read with Pearl Perry, and now he's. He's one of the hosts on, of Literary Landscapes, on yeah, Landscapes. on C so, CKCU, yeah. Mm -hmm, that was a direct result of his encountering Pearl. 
And so, you know, it's, I think it's a, it's a great way to, to keep the, the fostering a sense of community, I guess. Yeah, I agree. And in fact, there's something that sort of always, um, always irked me a little bit about, um, general, the general, uh, literary scene where the only way someone could, uh, be high, have their work highlighted is if they had a book. And I've never really liked that idea. I mean, you know, like there's a lot of interesting writing being done and it's not, not that easy to get, especially these days with funding cuts and everything else. So there's a lot of interesting work. And, and for example, a lot of people also have chapbooks out and stuff, and that's a valid and an important publication as well. So I, I really appreciate that, Evo. I've heard a lot of uh, different people, such as, uh, I guess, not the, the t- two times before, not last time, but the time before, Sarah McDonald was someone I'd never heard before. So that was that was a really great... Uh, she was fantastic. Yeah, she's great. And yeah. I, I voice I had never heard before. So, yeah, yeah it's a good idea. So, what's that? That idea of um, submissions to MC now is happening in other places too. There's a series mm-hmm. called Slackline That's in Toronto that's right. doing the same um, submission type of um, format. Us first. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe you've st- maybe you've started a trend yet. Yeah, and it's Slack- possible we're going to franchise. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, that's right. Sawdust Toronto, Sawdust Montreal, yeah, Sawdust Paris, London. <laughs> Sounds like fun. That's good. So you talked a little bit about um, how the Poem Office got to have new voices that you wouldn't have heard and maybe given some opportunities. Do you think it's what else do you think it's done for maybe the the series and the community as a whole? More all, not including the those writers who you're highlighting, but also just the other people who are seeing this sort of thing happen? Well, I, I, th- I hope that it encourages people. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the big hope, that, that people are, are going to take a step out of their comfort zone and, and take a chance and where, where they wouldn't have before because the opportunity's there. You know, and, and I think that uh, the, one of the nice things about Sawdust is that it, it, because it changes so much every month, because our j- judge changes every month, yeah. we don't mm-hmm. have a particular crowd we don't have well i mean there are some people who will come back as regulars but there are always always new faces Mm -hmm. people the ones who uh, want to hear their friends read your family read you can always tell when someone is uh, has a lot of family in town they take over the room if you ever invite gary barwin he has a lot of family you need you need a big room for gary because his family yeah so and you should have gary would be great to have actually so yeah oh very cool yeah that's good. Well, you better have lots of space. <laughs> well, since we're talking about uh, space and who attends, I think that's yeah. a pretty good segue into question four. Okay, sure. Which is, um, how important do you think location is to a series with the space that it occurs in? Do you think it is it affect the mood, the contest that's being shared, who attends a series? How much is the space that Sawdust is in and the layout, the sound, everything like that affecting the actual series itself? I think the effect's enormous. Mm-hmm. I think it can't help but affect it. You know, you, you, the environment you're in is going to affect how you feel. Um, Poor Boy is excellent because it's intimate, but fits fits a fair number of people. You know, it, it gives a gives a warm a warm feeling, which is what we're trying to project. You know, we wouldn't want to uh, to try to pull off sawdust in in a clinical feeling environment because that just doesn't engender the right emotions. In the hospital. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't want that. The poor boy is basically in a converted house and the sawdust occurs on the upstairs floor of it, which is, and there's a bar up there too in, in washrooms. So you, you have the whole space, the whole large room where it's just people there for the poetry and it, and it feels kind of just like you know, a large room in a house would and then you have right next, right next to it is, is the bar and, and the washrooms. 
It reminds me a little bit of when Tree was at the Royal Oak too on Laurier without the uh, leaking uh, from the bar because <laughs> oh, Tree the was in the in the basement. Yeah, it didn't have a bar either, right? No, right they the had to come down the stairs. There. That's it. But it had that's at least it had a similar similar sort of very friendly feel. I like I like when when uh, reading series are in are in pubs or that space. I think that's a, a friendlier sort of. Well, I, I like it in all kinds of different spaces, but I, I do find myself. Uh, Drinking more at a bar. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess it all depends what you're gunning for. You know, yeah. if you have a, a, a more um, laid back series, then you you want some place like Poor Boy, and yeah. because we're I think we're fairly laid back. Um, but if you're if you're a little uh, more formal, then you might want a more formal environment. That's it. Yeah, you know, and such like as what, when Tree was at Arts Court, that was a yeah. It did. It did feel. It did feel uh, more formal in that. And that well, that's true. I think what we're what you've been talking about too is as far as encouraging new writers to submit, mm -hmm. highlighting new writers, making a cozy environment. I think all that speaks to um, kind of building a sense of community. Um, yeah. And I think that. As much as you said the people change every month at Sawdust, I think more than any other series over the past few years, which I think is what interests me a lot about Sawdust, is that it really does feel like it's, it's building a sense of community. It, there is a devoted following for mm -hmm. sure. Like I have to say, it's it's uh, without stepping on any toes, it's my it's my favorite series. It, plus, it's just down the street from my apartment, so you know and that's how it's location is part of it. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. it's in a good. It's right space. on the bus route. You know, it's easy to get yeah, to on street parking. Yeah, and but a number two bus, so it's 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 great. And you have those. Um, the featured readers who are people might come out to see because they've heard of them or whatever and then you also have the new oh I want to come see someone new as well and you get kind of a younger crowd coming in too and you have kind of both generations there as well yeah and the open mic set is usually pretty uh, like it doesn't it's not no one goes on for too long I, no. I have a pet peeve about open mic sets where someone reads uh, for like t tries to read for 10 minutes unless that's something they've been asked to do I really don't like that like I don't want to hear 10 10 or 5 readers if going on the feature then I don't yeah, want to yeah. hear that yeah no well we have yeah. a pretty pretty strict 3 minute uh, you have the limit. flogger in the back you yeah, yeah, with the with the cane we're ready to use it yeah that's it and I think more than any other series I've seen too you have you consistently have very good established well-known writers performing at the open mic you have people who would be featuring or are featuring in other series. Or have featured there too. Yeah. We're very yeah. fortunate that way. There, yeah. Well, it's yeah. fun. The open mic is so, the whole, the whole atmosphere is fun. And also poor, poor boy has good, inexpensive food and lots, lots of good things to drink. Reese, who's the bartender normally, he, he, um, he's great. So like, it's a friendly, it's a really friendly and welcoming place all told. We, we didn't talk about the workshop, which we should probably, it's not yeah, on the okay. list of questions but uh it was part of what i guess has changed in the oh, yes we had yeah. sawmills and and that's that's a, a way for us to help to give back to uh to our veteran poets you know they they present these uh, sawmills they generally run from five till about quarter to seven before the reading starts the readings always start at seven and uh they're the workshops are five dollars each or for twenty dollars uh, you can get any drink and dinner off the poor boy menu tax and tip included plus the cost of the workshop so basically it's a way to learn things and have yeah. dinner and a drink with a bunch of great poets uh, great. before the reading and it's been working out really really well so, so far. yeah you've had so far who's given i know francis boyle francis gave the last boyle. one yeah francis boyle yeah. jc bouchard did as well right right and uh, dane swan as oh, well that's right so there have been three excellent yeah very fun yeah and we'll have one uh, next uh, at our anniversary show on the 21st of september uh, with Stephen Ross Smith. I know I plan I plan to attend that with bells on i i really love his work so i'm really excited about that the whole the whole evening i think it's going to be great 
Which, which question are we supposed to read next? I'm confused. Uh, next question is um, question five here. All right. All right. Uh, do you want me to read it? Sure, you, you do it. Okay. So some other series in Ottawa, especially the student series like Blue Mondays and Inwards, regularly incorporate music into their events. And do you have a background in music? How do you feel about poetry events incorporating other artistic mediums and about inter-arts events in general? And has there been any discussions of including music in Sawdust? I think that if um, if I if Sawdust weren't a poetry series, then we would have music. But since we're a poetry series, we don't have music. And let, I, I mean, I, I would accept music yeah. if it were a backdrop to poetry or a medium for delivering a poem through lyrics or something, but it's not a music series. So, you know, the, the only way my music background interferes with interferes the, <laughs> with the purity of that is with the sawdust videos, you know, that's kind of where yeah, I those are my great. musical fun. Yeah. We'll, we'll put up the link of course to, uh, to, uh, sawdust and, and it's, it's website, but also the videos you have to listen to the videos that introduce each month's, uh, uh, the poem off and each writer, because, uh, Jennifer does very creative parodies of uh, some popular songs and uh, they're really fantastic. So I've never actually seen these videos. You, you, well, it, you have to look, they're, they're really great. And I, I don't think she, I don't think people are, are noticing that because uh, they're, they, they're just amazing. So yeah. yeah, they're a lot of fun. I spend a lot of time working. Well, I believe too it. Much time working. <laughs> I've got, you know, 20 of these silly songs in reserve waiting for poets to make, match them too. So I really relate to that. Cause I do things like that too. I have, I have um, a parody of Frankie and Johnny called, Batman and Robin were lovers, so <laughs> I've thought about doing it at, at uh, Sada sometime, but I've never gotten up the gumption, so you there you go. I also have a, for Venus Envy, I have a, my favorite things, which is, you can imagine the type of things that are in that song, so yeah. <laughs> I encourage you to there you go. that. <laughs> I am curious a little bit about what you said about the purity of poetry. Oh, oh no. I'm going to ask you a follow-up. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Would you prefer a stiffer drink than water? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Well, you mentioned what got you into poetry in university was was poets like Allen Ginsberg and Anne Sexton. And I've heard some audio recordings of them reading. And it's not music because it's poetry and it's words, but it's musical. Oh, yes. There's a sound there and then there's a there's a rhythm there. And then there's almost like there's tones there. It's musical. And I was talking with um, Chris Johnson about this last night of what makes sound poetry is sound poetry music mm -hmm. is it poetry like what is what are the barriers what are how are we defining all these different things is there is there something that you think this is the line between music and poetry is it the instrumentation like having not just a voice is it you know is it what's what is what's the difference between speaking something like Howell in the cadence that Gisbert would speak it in and singing something is there is there a line there somewhere? It's a gray area mm -hmm. because I mean I've thought a lot about um, music versus poetry. Um, partly because battle. oh yeah, <laughs> well it is kind of a battle. You know, if I say compare what I write in terms of poetry to my lyrics, mm -hmm. then it's night and day. You know, the the what I write for lyrics tends to have a whole lot of ooh baby in it and whatnot, you know, <laughs> inventions and so on. Ooh baby. Yeah. Some of my poems have those sort of things too. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, um, I hear everything that I write because probably because I'm a musician and this is, this is in fact turned out to be a bit of a, a problem uh, for me because I don't think 
visually about what what a poem looks like on a page i think mm. almost exclusively in terms of how it sounds which is why can, can i mention your your close reading sure service? sure yeah. this is an, an amazing service from from amanda earl uh for women poets who can submit up to five pages of poetry uh, for Amanda to to put her hawk eye on and and what what a what Alan a fantastic <laughs> experience you know I, ha- I have to say right off the bat that it was amazing because you managed to be dissect and be very very precise in your in your critique that's but good gentle at the same time yeah I, I I wanted to be an encouraging thing and, and and Jennifer's poems are really interesting like I've heard you read at the open mic so when you like basically anyone any woman who hasn't hasn't had a chapbook or a book published uh, self publishing is fine can send me work and so far I've had four women participate three from out west and you from here and I haven't been I've I haven't re-advertised too much yet because it's getting to be a busy time but I'll do one or two a month usually and what I do is I'll, I'll go through the I'll give the poem a close poems a close read I'll ask the person what their influences are so they can so I know which direction they want to go and like someone who likes Lorna Crozier may not be interested in um I don't know. I'm trying. I can't think of someone who's. Dan Carson. Who's, yeah. Okay. I don't know. Cause, yeah. Something like that. So who knows? But I mean, you know, I don't want to make presumptions. But I like to at least try and get things in the style that they're working towards. And the other thing I do is I suggest other works that they do. But yeah, it's it's a fun experience. And and uh, so you were saying with uh, with the question of sound. In, yeah. In terms of, uh, I I ha- realized uh, after your comments that mm-hmm. that I put zero thought into what a poem looks like. Well, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I don't and think I ma- I don't remember making comments. Well, you, you space. Oh, space. All, yeah, 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 the they space. They were all very uniform looking. And I right. thought, well, yeah, they, well, yeah, they, oh gosh. <laughs> it was one of those, I felt kind of like I had no clothes on at the end of it. And it was, it was great. Sounds yeah. good, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it really, really was great. You know, so every so often you need somebody truly objective to shake things up for you. And the other thing that relates to music mm-hmm. uh, that I learned uh, from your from your critiques, where it was um, a song ends. You have like a, a final, yeah, like a you, or like a, a repeat and fade, you yeah, know, or yeah. whatever. You, but there's a definite closing, yeah. But I can't be doing that with my. Well, you can't. You can sometimes. The same I mean, way that I have been, you know, I I tidily gift wrapped these these okay. little things. Or an epiphany. A lot of people like to end with an epiphany, or like they summarize summer, and they say, yeah. "And this is the end of the poem," yes. so that you. Don't, but yeah, sometimes it's good to open. It just depends on the poem too. Like some poems, maybe it's good to close. Some poems, it's good to open. But uh, it's but nice it's not. It's nice to give the reader an opportunity to figure out their own. You know what they want to get at, rather than just closing it up and saying, this is what I want you to know. I'm also pointing my index finger for those of you who can't see. <laughs> yeah. I did have one more thing I wanted to mention about sound before we move on to our, maybe our last question for the interview. Right. Um, you said that you've been often thinking about the way something sounds rather, way, rather than how it looks on the page when you're composing, composing a poem. Do you think that's inherently a bad thing, though, to be thinking about how it is sounding or being spoken out loud rather than how it looks? I mean, I can see if your only medium is the only thing you want people to do is see it on the page. And then, yeah, that is important because that's the main way. But if you're performing at series uh, wherever or if it's meant to be spoken aloud, do you think that composing it with that in mind is that almost is it bad? Even if that takes precedence over how it looks on a page, is that like a bad thing? I think they're just different elements that need mm-hmm. to be considered mm-hmm. you know um 
to not pay attention to one of those things would be a gross oversight, you know, and that's what was pointed out to me. Well, I think you can, the thing is, I think you can have a, a, a the physical form reflect the sound. So for instance, I hope that Stephen Ross Smith, when he reads on September 21st, he, the last time I heard him read was at the Manx pub um, a number of years ago. And he had, a, at the time, I can't remember which flutter tongue book it was, but it had a lot of space on the page. And he, the way he read is he had a lot of pauses and it was really good. Caroline Bergval at the last uh, Verse Fest was a phenomenal uh, performance of her work. In, in fact, she even whispered in some places. And if you look at her books, the form is reflected, the, reflects the sound. So I don't think it's, I don't see, like that's one of my problems with the term page poets when spoken mm. word uh, artists use that term, because for me, my poetry is meant for both the ear and the page and a lot, and a lot of writers, a lot of poets. It's not, it's not just for the page. Yeah. So it's for both. We're just bitextual. <laughs> I like, I think I've used that before like in this. That. So yeah. Or by, by, I don't know, by textual and sound or something. You want to yeah. go on to the last question? There? Sure. Okay. So getting away from the series, and well, we've been talking about your poetry. So um, are you working on any current writing projects? And uh, I had intended to have a complete chop of manuscript by the end of August, but uh, your close reading service kind of put the script <laughs> I screwed <to> that. that up. <laughs> that's my so, job, stopping people from publishing. No, just kidding. That's not at all no, but terrible. It's a wonderful thing. I'm going to be going back through and, and revamping that and, and then seeing what, what can be done with it once I'm, once I'm pleased. But I do have another project that uh, I'm I'm putting together, and it's a chapbook of uh, poems about hotels. Oh, great! Oh, cool. I have um, had a rather unfortunate hotel addiction in the past. I love hotels. I love hotel lobby bars and the little <laughs> and the little shampoos. And oh yeah, the, the folded up uh, robe on the bed, and I oh, I could I could stay in hotels for the rest of my life. Uh, and what I did about uh, two, three years ago was I stayed in hotels almost every night for about two and a half months. Fun, fun. Which was <laughs> extraordinarily. Any, anywhere in particular city or did you, was it All here? All in Ottawa. All in Ottawa, All yeah, in Ottawa. okay. It was fun. a whole vacation within, within Ottawa. What so, a fun idea. So the goal is to, uh, I'm going to pick 12 hotels and I'm going to write uh, one or two, po depending on length, one or two poems per hotel, hoping to capture the, the character and the feel of, of each That's one. Good. Well, you I should do it. a grant application for it, and I, I can you can talk to me about stuff like that anytime. There's, I wish I could remember, there's a great documentary about hotels and the little soaps and shampoos, and it's by someone famous right now. I can't remember his really? name or the name of the... I'll, I'll see if I can find it. Uh, there's a poet named Jennifer Laundrie, who's in Kingston, another Jennifer. She has, I can't remember the name of the book, but she has a book that uh, is set in motel... Not I don't know exactly how the connection, but she does... This, there's I can remember the cover has a picture of a motel on the front. So again, I'll try to think of that um, the next time. So that, I think that's. Uh, do you have any more questions or? That? No, I think that's uh, right. that's a substantial interview. Yes, thank you very much, Jennifer. We, you're going to be staying with us for the rest of the uh, the rest of the show. Thank, thank you, you very Amanda. much. Thank you, Aaron. 
So the next section we're going to talk about these recent events. So uh, let's talk about the events that we've all, some of us have attended and none of us have attended and things like that. Uh, I think all of us were at the last Sawdust reading, especially Jennifer, since you know she has mm-hmm. to be there. Well, you, you can you can not be there, I suppose. I could skip it. I wouldn't want to, though. That's right. The two features were uh, Francis Boyle, who was the uh, the invited feature, and then Jason Christie, who won the contest. I was very pleased to see here Jason. He's a he's a, one of my favorite poets in Ottawa and a dear friend of mine. And uh, I love his I loved his reading. He uh, combined sound with a lot of minimalism. He to me epitomizes the whole William Carlos Williams, a small machine made of words, the the economy of his words. And he did a great he did a great reading. So Frances had her pristine imagery, which uh, is like. Uh, a row of perfect pearls, you know, so he's, I had a few shivers when she read, so, yeah. That's she's a, elegant, you know, she, she makes me, her, her poems make me think of lattice work. Her words are like lattice, you know, it shows you where the dark is, but it lets the light come through, too. It's, it's, her, her work's beautiful. Mm-hmm, yeah, you have any comments about saw, sawdust? About that one? Um, it's just like, every time, it's a good, it's a good event. It's a good event. Yeah. There was another great set of, there was open mic readers, there were some new open mic readers. Um, yeah, that's the really fact, right. The fact mm-hmm. that Jason Christie, who is like, I would say, a pretty well-known poet. Yeah, he's got a few books out and stuff is, too. Yeah, also yeah. is like, your your young, your, your emerging poet or whatever is like, pretty 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 good i would say like you have two a solid lineup of performers and that's how it usually is yeah that's true um, a solid lineup of of good performers the it, whole night it was very loud for some reason though i remember thinking why is it? everyone was very happy and boisterous see i think i really i was really glad i'm i was really glad that you guys went through the summer because i i I'm here in the summertime, and I, I so selfishly I'd like to have things going on so that I can go to. I don't really appreciate when when series. I recognize it's a lot of work, so I know people need breaks. I just I for my own selfish purposes, I like to I like to have the opportunity That's to. That's true. Actually, it's one of the only series that was yeah? regularly over the summer, if not the only series. That's it. Yeah. Well, because well, inwards closed down. Now, inwards in the past, it depends on the, who the group is. Some years they close up over the summer, and some days break. they don't. Yeah, and and that's <laughs> that's an understandable. Tree has been has been doing that for the last I don't know several years. They've been closed. Tree used to have a reading series in the summer. In fact, one of the great things they used to do. Maybe I've already talked about this on the podcast. Is a Midsummer Night's Tree at Strathcona yeah. Park where they read cover poems. That was I love that. That was just great. Every it was around. I guess it was around August or July. I don't remember now when James Moran and Jennifer Mulligan. And ran the series. I've been going to Tree since like the early aughts, so I've <laughs> been following it around. Uh, okay, for, more for events. I start. This isn't a poetry series, but I, I feel I, I have. I should mention it since I organized a new series called Devil House Live. Devil House is the transgressive prose imprint of Angel House Press, and I decided that uh, Ottawa has become a poetry town. Not that there's anything wrong with that, no. but uh, <laughs> I, I think there are there should be opportunities for people to hear prose and for prose writers to read so it's for it's for any kind of prose from um, screenplays to stage plays to um, fiction to creative nonfiction to even rants we'll see what comes so we had our first event at um, at Venus Envy which it was a great place to have the event I actually believe in in uh, including music uh, at, a, at a reading I feel it sort of relaxes the audience it gets them in the right frame of mind and Bywords has always had music at the start and at the end so we had Marie-José Houle who, who sang and played the accordion and she was amazing we had Jennifer Mulligan was my co-host Jennifer did all of the legwork for the calls for submission 
Nation, we had a live reading of a, of a one-act play called Coffee with a Lesbian that was written by uh, Emily Ramsey, and we had five actors who were just amazing. And we had about 30 people. It was a great, it was a great night. It was, it, it was, uh, it was an indication that there's a possibility for for that sort of series. It's going to be an occasional series. If writers come to town, they can they can contact me. The other thing, too, is uh, I really want it to be a space for uh, new voices and for marginalized writers, so people who tend to get uh, not paid as much attention to in the mainstream community as well. So I that's, didn't realize you had uh, plays Oh, yeah, well. that's the plan. Oh, that's really interesting. The first, it, was, it, was, it was good. Yeah, that's the plan. So all kinds of... Because theater, well, it was a reading, too, so it wasn't, it wasn't mm. people they weren't really... Although I think they did a little bit of acting... But they, you know, they, um, yeah, that's the idea to have. I, I'd even like to see Devil House. I would like to publish one act plays as well. It's one oh, of my goals. Cool. So, so I'd like it to do that. I, I've had the experience of reading a lot of great plays. I studied some theater in, in university. So it was, it's part of my background, I guess. Uh, the other thing I did that uh, is not something for um, an audience, but I, I, I like the idea of this podcast, including stuff for writers. So last time I talked about Canlit Pitch, the the thing for through uh, Twitter. This time I um, there's something called the Ontario Arts Council Writers Reserve Program, and it's for Ontario residents. And it opens up in September and goes until uh, the end of January next year. Basically, uh, there are a bunch of different recommenders, and you can uh, write a proposal. Uh, you, you can use the same proposal. You can get between $1,500 and $5,000 per up to a maximum of $10,000. The recommenders include lo um, include uh, publishers and magazines. So ARC, locally, ARC, for instance, is ARC Poetry Magazine is part of that. Uh, publishers like Coach House. And it's kind of a good, it's like an audition in some ways because they're, they're seeing your work. So you, you include 10 pages of poetry, uh, 10 sample pages, and also a project description. Your credits, they'd like you to have some kind of professional credit so you've been paid for your work that sort of thing and it's it's probably one of the most straightforward um proposals that I've ever had to write. I've been doing it for a number of years. I've had I've had uh, grant recommendations from ARC, from former Descant, from uh, Hamilton Arts and Letters. I'm forgetting some. Oh, book, book Thug as well. So I've had like something like five of them. So yeah, I think it's worthwhile to do. You can't do it if you're a student. So yeah. that's a drag. But for the rest of the listening audience, I will put the link up and you should definitely put your application in. And then the other reading that I went to that uh, that uh, Aaron was obviously at, since he's one of the editors of Inwards, is the Inwards reading on August 31st at the Clock Tower Pub. Four of the editors read, but I think I'll let, I'll let Aaron talk more about that. You don't want to talk he, about uh, your impressions of it first? Well, yeah. Okay, I guess I can do that. I, I, I liked it a lot. I liked, I, I've known, um, I had already heard or, or known of uh, Aaron's, A.M. Kozak's uh, work, <laughs> obviously. We've published him on Bywords, and he also, uh, we've known each other for s several years. Uh, the other readers, I, I've heard Justin Lamb before a little bit, and uh, Doug Dumais is also someone who was recently published in Bywords. So I hadn't heard, I guess, Abby, what's her last name? Abby Simone. Abby Simone read before. So, And I loved the one thing that they did, which is unusual, is they all read some cover poems, which as editors I think is a good idea because it gives an idea to people who are considering submitting work to Inwards Magazine, uh, the flavor a little bit of what they did. I was, I have to say I was, I was particularly uh, um, impressed with Aaron's reading 
interesting because he uh, he did a range of stuff and a lot of it was very sound oriented and his cover poem was an E Cummings well there was two there's some rap song because I'm too old to know what it was what it was I just I said right this is rapping and where's my second beer but uh, no no it was fun it was a really fun and a good range so that was and also Justin's uh, kind of he was doing like the blues in poetry form I thought it was fun no it was a fun night for sure and, the, and there wasn't a huge audience but I think it was a good audience everyone enjoyed yeah, it I think for for August series it was as much if not more people than we were expecting yeah we had maybe close to 30 by the end of the night um at some points and yeah we we didn't want to have we weren't really sure what to expect as far as attendance goes because a lot of people that come to Inwards are our students and we weren't sure if they'd be back yet. So we didn't want to have an out-of-town poet or anything and like that. And then have only five people yeah, show. Yeah, that was That's, my concern, right? I, so, I played to those kind of audiences. Yeah, it's fine, but... So yeah. then we decided, <laughs> and I know in past years they've had um, meet the editors as like a, a, a yeah. soft opening type of event to get to know, to know the editors because sometimes the people who are editing haven't... Uh, haven't been around the literary scene too too much yet, so it's a it's yeah. a good way to get them sort of like this is who they are. So yeah, it was just kind of a relaxed, That's it. fun fun event to hang out, meet people, and share some poetry. That's it. And the open mic, although perhaps a little long, it was still it was still very good. Like I, I one of my favorite uh, local poets, uh, Ian Martin, is really actually he read several, but they were very short and really interesting. He has this way of being understated that's really I, I highly recommend him as as a feature possibility too but he's he's he has he did he do a has he done uh, that yet but in the he hasn't no, done the so. okay well because he's 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 quite good but there were other people too and i, I can't remember anymore it was it was a really good uh good set and we're doing a uh, inwards is releasing a broadside of ian martin's uh this week oh great that's good you should pick that up somehow it's free <laughs> All right. So, you, are you have any other events you? Uh... Yeah, I went to a couple other events. I went to um, the Blue Mondays event. Oh, when was that? August twenty third or something, right? Yeah, it was August exactly. It was August twenty third. Right. It was a. Uh, it was also a smaller event, maybe you know twenty twenty five people. Um, Emily Stewart was the featured poet. She's the the editor of the Ottawa Arts Review. Um, a lot of uh, Blue Mondays has a lot of people who don't normally go to poetry events. Because they're University of but the University of Ottawa students and they enjoy yeah. going to Boom Monday. So it's a it's a lot of people you wouldn't normally see at other events and for that reason there's a very different very different vibe there. Um, and I also went to earlier this week, I went to um, the factory reading series. Oh right. And right. it was with uh, Jenna Jarvis, uh, Monty Reed and Meredith Quartermain. She was releasing a book and I got a little broadside from Jenna. Um, oh, excellent. Jenna is always an interesting performer. She's, I've seen her perform now for four or five years. Yeah. And she's really like, her range has really increased over the years. Yeah, I remember when she won the new, she won the Bywards John Newlove Award. I don't remember what year it was, but it was several years ago. And, yeah, I think it was 2013. That, oh, that was longer than that. Maybe 2012. Could be, I don't know. I, I, I'm afraid I tend to mix up the years after. I, we've been running that for over a decade now. So, But uh, her her style of, of uh, reading has changed quite a bit, and her content has changed uh, a fair bit too. So. Absolutely, yeah. So that yeah. Was, a, it was a pretty small crowd again. Uh, well, I guess it was September, but similar August type of... Uh, yeah, as people are still on holiday, I guess. Yeah, but uh, it was a very... It was a very 
It had that cozy feel that we talked about earlier. Uh, and where it's it's at the Carlton Tavern. It is also the second story of a right. uh, of a bar that also feels a little bit like a house. Yeah, mm-hmm. near near the dart board. And yeah. If you drink enough alcohol, you stay late and you play darts. That's. Uh, <laughs> Did you go to any other events this uh, month, Jennifer? I haven't been out. I've been busy with my mother's wedding, so I get That's brought out cool. to Sawdust, and that was <laughs> it. There was a couple other things that looked interesting. There's this thing called the um, Young Arts Leaders Collective, I believe they're called. And they have um, these panels every couple of months about different arts leaders that, with a different topic. Okay. Um, and once I went once and it was about um, basically uh, they had a couple of painters, a dancer and someone else. And there was like, how, how are you getting your how do you get your work out there? Mm-hmm. And then this one was on become, becoming an artpreneur. I didn't make it to it, but uh, it's. I think they're an interesting collective that are doing interesting things. If you see their events around, I would recommend them. The first, the one I went to was quite well attended. Um, there was also there was a bunch of cool events in Toronto. It sounded like so they. It's it's like they. I, I've noticed we've talked about Toronto events all summer, and uh, I don't feel like they're closing down as much as Ottawa does over the summer. No, no, they have Ottawa. Take note. <laughs> they had the four poets in Metatron. Metatron is is from Montreal. I guess they teamed up for an afternoon reading. Two very interesting. Um, I guess you call them publications. Uh, the four poets and Metatron. Uh, I would recommend everyone look at those those places if they're wanting to see some more experimental, innovative. We'll put the links up. Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, Facilitate had an event. Um, I, like, I always like mentioning them because they're a very interesting yeah. poetry, but also like performance art, yeah. really putting the theatrics of it, the sound of it. And don't they have a kind of an activist bent as well? Yeah, I exactly. got that impression that they were also a social change kind of, yeah, which I like. I like that combination. There is definitely that, at least underlying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure. I've never actually been to, been to one, um, right. but from my understanding, it's at least very much like, bubbling under uh under their under their events um there was a common readings at the bell jar cafe in toronto as what a well. great name for a cafe the yeah, bell jar cafe yes. i always notice that one writers nerds unite yeah writing nerds unite. there's a there's a poetry slam at the gladstone on the 25th i don't know much about it but i didn't know they had poetry slams at the at the gladstone theater in, in ottawa here um, yeah, that's right. There was something that happened. There was that the uh, was that the Urban Legends. Oh no, I thought there was one. Uh, I think Urban Legends had a had a had a story uh, telling yeah, one. Yeah, I think uh, they did for Chio. That wasn't that one. Yeah, that was a different it was one. Different one. Yeah, this was a this was an OG five hundred. Yes, that's right. That was part of House of Paint. Right? Yes, yes, it was. You're yeah. right. You're August twenty right. fifth. And then there was also uh, the Above Ground Press had a launch in Toronto as well on August twenty fifth. Yes, which is why I couldn't read there. <laughs> yes. Um, and, uh, I know some people who went to it, I didn't go to it, but I heard it was, I heard it was good. I saw some photos of Ashley Elizabeth Best on Instagram at the reading. And oh, wonderful. There you go. That's my closest I came to attending that event. <laughs> yeah, there was the story slam at Chio or at the public library for a Chio. Benefit for Chio, yeah. First. And then Great. there was also far out at Chez Lucien, which I still haven't gone to because it's at 10, o'clo- 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. It has to be that late so because the Chez Lucien gets crowded, but it's a really fun, like I, I I went to them years ago and it's fun. They give you a theme and then at you... At the far out? 
Uh, well, it's not called Far Out normally. They have a different oh, yeah, title every. Right, right, it's yeah. actually, oh my gosh, I've forgotten the name of the series. Well, Poetic I'll, Intentions, I think, right? Yes, yes, Poetic Intentions. There's a different theme every month. You, you know about it at least a week or so in advance, and then you have a few minutes. They have one theme where you actually take someone else's poem, you read that, and then you re you respond to it. So they, they, that's something they do regularly, too. So yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a good series if you can get out to 10 o'clock at night. In which yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. I, I want. I am going to go one of these one of these months. But yeah. uh, it's ten and ten is. Uh, that's it. Ten is late for us, right. us old folks. Eh? Yeah, that's it. Well, he says. <laughs> I'm. Yeah, and so another event I want to mention that I've always wanted to go to that, but I've never I've never been in Toronto at the time. It's on is Coach House has its Ways of Goose, which is uh, now the Ways of Goose is an old uh, term that basically uh, the printer. Uh, the master it's an event held by the master printer for for the workers so it's basically a big bacchanalial uh, feast I, I don't know if I mean I assume there's alcohol and uh, I assume there's reading so that's as much as I know but first of all I love the word ways of goose I think Gaspro Press also has one so some of the the letter press the ones with the good printing presses tend to have them and it's it's uh, something that I think it was a September 1st so uh, that's something that happened in Toronto on my wish list all right, I think that was it for, for recent events we want to mention. All right. Our next segment is our, our recent news and internet roundup. So I guess we can start with uh, the tree reading series has moved to Gallery 101 and 51B Young Street, which is over on Hindenburg. Anyone who needs bus information can always talk to me because I've tried it. I've gone to the location. I've taken both the 14 and the 85, and I have to say the 85 is a better way to go. Because you don't, uh, so, And then also they have a new fall lineup, so uh, I guess we'll be talking about the upcoming things, but in the they have Sandra Ridley coming at the end of December, or mid-December, I should say. Adele Barkley is coming. We just talked about her in the last podcast, so I'm quite excited. Uh, sometime in November. Yeah, there's also Soraya Pier Bay, Margaret Christakos is coming for the next one. So it's 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 what going a to be great lineup. It's going to be good, and there are other people too as well. Plan ninety nine, a series that takes place at the Manx Pub for contemporary poetry and fiction, is starting up again, which I'm very glad to hear. Their first event is for uh, fiction. It's September twenty fourth. Is that? Do you know if it's, is it a regular thing again now, or is it just like having a one off and see how? I don't know. Well, he said uh, when when uh, the host, who is David O'Meara, announced it, he he said the return of Plan 99. They always have something for the Writers Festival each okay. season, so there will probably be an event. Uh, one thing I love about that series, they have it's only it lasts for an hour. It takes place always at the same time, five to six on a Saturday. They, they it happens in the wonderful Manx Pub, which is a Great it's location. like a writers pub. It's, it's there are no big screen TVs there. They close down the kitchen. There everyone is warned. They close down the kitchen. They close down the kitchen. Which is a bit of a drag, but yeah, they great the veggie tacos. They you, they open it afterwards at six, so okay. you can, and the reading again. David gives amazing introductions, and it's it's a really excellent series. So that I'm looking for that. The first one is on September 24th. Uh, so that's it for uh, any uh, news. Oh no, wait, I do have one more thing. The Puritan Spring issue just or summer issue just came out uh, online, but I haven't had a chance to go yeah, over that yet. So maybe we'll talk about that next time. But the editor for the poetry section was Sonette LeBay, so that'll be. 
uh, I had work rejected for that issue. That's all I really... I have work rejected for every Puritan issue. I had, I've managed to get in. I had some <laughs> huzzahs in. I was in the very first Puritan magazine issue when it was here with a with a story about uh, a zombie walk. So uh, it was fiction, my first... You uh, always say you've been in the Puritan. Magazine. I have. I've been in the Puritan twice, actually. So. And so. I did want to quickly mention that um, we are... We're both... The next two tree poetry workshops are being done by... The first one's by Amanda. The next one's done yeah. by me. Um, so you should... They're free before the tree readings. Um, mine's on editing for rhythm and sound. Yeah. <laughs> makes makes a lot of sense. Mine's, yeah. mine's on beyond the surface level, sound, shape, and symbol. So uh, yeah. we're going to read a poem by Gwen Lim Kuhn called The Red Bird You Wait For, and, and we're going to write in response to that as well. So, so lots about... Uh, we did not consult, so we both happened to be talking about uh, planned workshops about religious sound, which is interesting. That's it. Yes, it's fun. So we, we've been talking a lot about uh, other... Po well, the last few episodes, we've been talking about uh, other podcasts. So I wanted to highlight light another podcast this month. Uh, this one is, uh, is one called Commonplace, Conversation with Poets and Other People by American poet Rachel Zucker. And uh, she said in a way, she, I, I liked how she talked about the series. She said it's a, it's a, um, uh, basically, it's a, it's like Mark Maron's uh, WTF, but with poets. And I don't know if you've ever ever heard that podcast. It's a wonderful podcast, so it's good. This is how she describes it. A series of intimate and captivating interviews by Rachel Zucker, an American poet and poetry instructor, with poets and artists about quotidian objects, experiences, or obsessions. Commonplace conversations explore the recipes, advice, lists, anecdotes, quotes, politics, phobias, spiritual practices, and other non-literary forms of knowledge that are vital to an artist's life and work. So so that's really fantastic. There have been seven episodes so far. I've listened to bits and pieces of them. I listened to all of the one with Claudia Rankine, which is quite good. I listened to part of the one with John Murillo, and I've listened to the first one with David Trinidad a bit. They're, they're long, and she talks a lot about the form of the podcast and how it engages with the audience. She's very concerned with the connection. There's even a, a, a feedback button on the on this thing, so that's really good. Uh, for instance, in episode three, she talked about the scripted nature of her podcast she like me she tends to prepare a lot like she tends to actually read from and some people apparently have have sort of gently you know said maybe she shouldn't do that but she talks about whether writers should say things without revising so I, I found that very interesting I kind of got along like that uh, she said something really interesting she said is art a process of pulling away from the world or being in the world so she makes you think with these yeah. things she also talked about in this episode three in her introduction she talked about one of my favorite concepts the thing that drives my writing which is duende and I base that on the, the uh, uh, Lorca idea of theory and play and she's referred to an essay uh, by Tracy K. Smith. This all has to do with, um, again, the writing life. She, so she says, to in, uh, with Duende, to engage in perilous yet necessary struggle to inhabit our real selves, the ones we barely rec recognize more completely, you have to be able to decipher the music of the battle using tools you brought with you in different and dangerous ways. Madness and abandon often trump reason. So I love that. I love that. Uh, idea, and that's sort of how I work too. The episode with Claudia Rankine was really good. Claudia's uh, most recently her book, Citizen and American Lyric, something I've been meaning to read and we'll get to. Uh, she quotes Claudia in her introduction, says, poetry is a place where feeling gets investigated. I'm not sure we have another genre as committed to the investigation of feeling. And there's a lot more uh, that I could say about the podcast. I just say you should, you should listen to it um, 
there are seven episodes now. I'll post the link up on the site, but that's uh, that's really uh, fantastic. Yeah, it sounds quite interesting. Lots it of is. Interesting, lots of food for thought there. Yeah, that's it. And, and, and we'll be talking, too, about other, other podcasts in the future. We'll, and if you hear of or know of any any podcast, I'd love to. Uh, you can maybe uh, let us know through Facebook or uh, through uh, Twitter or various ways. So the next thing I guess we're going to talk about is uh, uh, the online magazine we're going to talk about is The Maynard. What can we say about the Maynard? Well, they're based out west. Um, they started in 2008 from a bunch of undergraduates. Um, Simon Fraser. Uh, yes, at Simon Fraser, um, who were really interested in the New York School of Poets. Yeah. And they were on, they had a bit of a um, period where they weren't active, um, but they're, a couple of years ago they restarted, I guess. And one of the editors now is Royal Fernandez. I think just won in some awards. Um, yeah, a winner of 2016 Dorothy Lisey Award. Um, he just had a book out with Nightwood um, last year. Um, he's a very interesting, interesting poet. Um, and one thing that I really like about the Maynard is they have invite uh, the poets to do audio recordings of all their of all their work. And if you just click on the their recent issue, and most recent issue, you can see on the on the left pane there, it has the names of the poems and the and the writers, and you have the audio audio button. Yeah, that's great, actually. I love it when uh, the Puritan also has uh, audio recordings. Mm -hmm. Not for everyone, but they do. Uh, Valum also sometimes includes for their poet of the month. They have a or the po poem of poem of the week or something like. I'm sorry, I'm not getting it right, but they have audio poems as well. Yeah, and this one, it's, there's one poem that doesn't have audio. But all the rest of them do, so I'm <laughs> sure they, uh, yeah, they say, please send us uh, audio, which I think, which I think, um, bringing us back to the conversation about sound and hearing the yeah. poem, it's uh, it adds another element for sure. Yeah, and and, and it's true that uh, we go through phases and trends, and I noticed that. Um, uh, the last few years I've noticed that there's, I don't know, I, 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 maybe I'm just talking uh, about what I've heard, but I've gone to, say, um, some readings at, at um, different festivals, and uh, especially the Writers' Festival, uh, sometimes, like, I went to the Book Thug uh, reading last launch, the there was very little in the way of sound, really, it, I didn't feel like I was hearing a lot of sound play in there, so I was disappointed. Uh, for me, I, 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 it's almost like a, a flower without petals, I can't really... I can't really uh, enjoy it. Well, I, I like some prose poems, but even sometimes prose poems still have the sound play in it. So it's just it's just for me, it's it's part of it. I'm not saying it has to be, but I like it better when it does. Yeah. And there's some good work in here. Yeah. Some too. Um, did you want to mention any of them before? Sure. Yeah. Well, they have um, the local Ottawa poet and former Bywords.ca selector Pamela Mosher is in there. Mallory Tater, who uh, she's been published by Bywords as well. And we've also seen her in other things lately, like Cantheus, I think the Puritan. Adele Barkley, who we've mentioned, and Ashley Elizabeth Beth. Best, sorry. And then um, I um, I was particularly interested by, I'm always looking at new poets who I haven't heard before, and American poet Amy Whitmore, and she has a great poem called Starling Advice that begins, Embrace your dark multitudes, launch fearlessly, imitate the brashest sounds you know, car alarm, orgasmic woman, open your beak. And I really like that one yeah. a lot. And then there's another poem called Air Mattress by American poet B.J. Best, which has a lot of excellent, yeah. excellent uh, near rhyme, end rhyme. He, he seems to do work a lot with rhyme. Uh, this is a part of 
The post-op, I've been sleeping in another room. Her incisions don't like to be jostled by lumbering limbs on the floor like an apostle. Sans the cool robe, mine is green, bath in his tomb. It's all static and sweat, sans grace and the moon. So that's a fun yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, it's, I, that, that poem stuck up to me as well, I was reading, reading through the issue. And it's funny, the first few names that you mentioned are the other ones that they yeah. all, those, I uh, really like Mallory Tater's poem, Ottawa Hospital Eating Disorder Ward. Yeah. And I liked uh, Pamela Macher's poem as well. There's also, I saw the best minds of my generation roll over and go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I clicked on it because of the title, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, there's Alan Ginsberg it, back again. Exactly. There's some, and it's by um, Christopher Evans, who I hadn't heard it before this, but I quite liked, uh, there's like a lot of playfulness in this poem. I quite liked it. Um yeah, I think that's... Uh... The other thing I'd like to say is, aside from the... You can click on the archives and get the other the previous issues, but also they've started to do reviews, what they're calling views, where two people read a book or a chapbook and have a conversation about it, which is a lot of fun. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, anything like that is uh, is always interesting for me to read. And I think lately they've been... Um, I think they're starting to get more and more... Um, attention they're starting to get more and more submissions from what i understand they're Good. becoming more yeah more prominent so check them out now before uh well keep checking out when they're bigger i guess too but before the internet <laughs> dies <Yeah. laughs> that's it well and and the other thing too is that um i'll post the uh, link as well on the angelhousepress.com yeah. site one last internet uh, thing i wanted to mention is i just want to talk about a little bit my process of of when i when i'm going and, and finding these things online I tend to, um, for instance, I was looking at reading the Rachel Zucker uh uh, information about her podcast on her site. I looked at her bio. I've read one of her books before. She also mentioned she was uh, this year's Bagley Writer Lecture Series on Poetry. And um, she, um, in there too, I noticed there was a, a lecture by Dorothy Lasky called What is Color or Poetry in Poetry? Or is it the wild wind in the space of the word? So that was really good. And, and she has a poem called What Poets Should Do. And she said, poets should get back to saying crazy shit all of the time. So that inspired me last week when I heard that. So that's, that's a good thing. And then about color, she said, color is not simply a decorative element in a poem. Color creates an expanse, a field, a shared formal field with which to plant more shared components of the material imagination, a poem. Color makes this space bigger, this imaginative space more specific and bigger. It gives it weight, makes it solid. So I'll post a link to the, that Dorothea Lasky's uh, uh, lec lecture and uh, on the site as well. So I think that's it for. Do you do you, do you uh, look at stuff much online for poetry and stuff like that? Do you, I do, but not yeah. in an organized way. I'm oh, me very neither. About <laughs> yeah. it. We just look organized because we're you know we're we're in <laughs> in front of a listening audience. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any particular favorites? We didn't say this in the interviews, but do you have a particular site that you go to? No, I don't. Yeah. I don't have a one that I return to. I uh, what I do is is I I go by my own whims and right. I do plain and straight up Google searches. I click on a lot of links. <laughs> mm -hmm. Clickbait. Yeah, or if people like uh, I have a wonderful Facebook of of people who very interesting people who post very interesting things and well, a lot of them good. are interested in poetry, and so I see poetry related things, and then I follow that kind of wormhole a lot. Yeah, I do that with Twitter as well, and Tumblr too is the kind of thing I do. Yeah, so uh, is there anything else for internet? No, I think uh, we've talked a lot, and we should continue. All right. The next question, I guess the next part of it is uh, current reads. What did you read last? What are you currently reading? Why don't we start with Jennifer? 
right now I'm reading Anne Sexton collected poems and it's an absolutely enormous book and I don't want to get to the end of it. It's a, <laughs> it's a fantastic exploration. I, I, I don't know. You, you've obviously read lots of Anne Sexton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I like her. Yeah. yeah, she's absolutely phenomenal. Aside, apart from that, um, I just finished. I, I should have read this long ago, but I, I read uh, Rhonda Douglas's uh, uh, "Some Days I Think I Know Things" Alexandra Holmes, and that was probably the first book that I've read cover to cover in one sitting. In, oh wow, that's great! That's oh. great! Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. Rhonda is a local writer. She writes both fiction and poetry. So yeah, she mm-hmm. and she is one of the people who also ran Tree at one point. Mm-hmm. When the series was at the Oak. She awesome. edits ARC. That's right. She's one of ARC's people. That's right. And what about you, Aaron? What have you got? He's got a couple of books. I've here. brought books. Old looking books. Time. Um, well, <laughs> I've also, before I go into that, I've been rereading. I like to reread a lot. So yeah, with I've poetry. I've been rereading Anne Carson and Lisa Robertson, like I often do, um, and been going back and forth between some of Jory Graham's different books. But when I was in Kingston, maybe a month ago now, there was this bookstore there. And, of course, I went to the used bookstore. I went to the poetry section. And I found a couple of very interesting-looking books. One uh, is an anthology from the early 80s from Black Moss Press called Undozen 13 Canadian Poets. Oh, fun. I love anthologies. I yeah. love I love it. I have a lot of anthologies. And this is like 35 years ago or so. And I'd only heard of one of the names on here. There's 13 Poets. The one I've heard of is Marilyn Bowering. Um, But I found a few others in here that were interesting, like um, Mary D. Michelle had some interesting uh, poems in here. And um, there's a couple others, too. Like, uh, it's cool to, like... Who's the publisher of that? This is Black Black Moss, Moss, right? Okay, yeah, right, right. Yeah, and it's, it's funny how you just kind of assume that the people that you're still hearing about, you know, 25 years later or 30 years later... Like there was no one else that existed. Like I assume that <laughs> I, I, you kind of assume that there there must not have been hundreds of other poets publishing that you just never heard of. But uh, then you come across books like this, and like yeah, and like the poems are good too. It's just like wow, like there is there is a whole bunch of other stuff that I was not even aware of out there. And I, I love little discoveries like that. There's oh, yeah, yeah. there's a really cool poem called Fair Game in here by Mary D. Michelle uh, that I'd recommend trying to find if if you can. Um, another book that I found was called Shop Talk, an anthology of poetry from the Vancouver Industrial Writers Union, Ooh. which I hadn't heard about. This no. Came out in 1982. And there's names like Aaron Morey, Tom Wayman, um, Phil Hall. And so I, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to pick this up. Um, so I'll just read quickly what they are. The Vancouver Industrial Writers Union is a coalition of people who share a different attitude toward their craft than that of most writers in Canada today. Hmm. According to Nerbert Rupsat, author of Cordillera, 90% of those who write and regularly publish poetry in this country are university professors. And so the Vancouver Industrial Writers Union is trying to break with that tradition. The people who are working other types of professions. Yeah, I wonder if they had anything to do with Tisch or uh, with the Kootenay School, because there's there's a whole tradition yeah. in in BC of kind of bucking the uh, well, bucking the Tom sort of Wayman mainstream. was associated with the Kootenay School okay. uh, in their early years, and Aaron Morey never was, but I know that a lot of them, um, yeah. they're in dialogue with each other anyway. 
Um, so that looks cool. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I love little finds like this. And you're like, I never knew those people were involved in this sort of thing, or that this sort of thing existed. Yeah. So I've been kind of poking through that as well. That's great. That's great. I'm I'm mostly reading right now. I'm kind of reading for um, two different works in progress. So and for that, I read both poetry and sometimes different prose. So for I'm working on a, a manuscript called Electric Garden, in which I'm reading Gwendolyn McEwen, Sylvia Plath, and Anne Sexton. I'm using language and imagery from all three of them, kind of driving myself. I always read them in the summertime for some reason. I don't know what that is, but I like to. Uh, for another manuscript, a work in progress called Grace, I'm reading non-poetry book, Jane Jacobs, The Life and Death of American Cities, and Olivia Lang's The Lonely City, Adventures in the Art of Being Alone. Grace is specifically um, has to do with... Um, with a city being a woman in the city. So, uh, and I have a chapbook out with inwards called first walks of the year that came out, uh, this year, earlier in the year. And that uh, is part of that manuscript. So that's, that's it for uh, my reading these days, this month. Yeah. All right. So now let's talk about uh, upcoming events and calls for submission. We decided it would be a good idea to also, since we assume a lot of, that some of the people listening might also be poets, somehow that makes sense <laughs> that, uh, you know, you might want to know about some of the upcoming calls. So the the, uh, the first one uh, is Inwards, issue 16.1, call for submissions. The deadline is September 12th, 2016. And I guess, uh, Aaron, it's not just for poetry too, right? You have other we categories? We do have fiction. I mostly just read poetry and we also do art. Art, too. art as well. So yeah, you have some. Uh, you've always over the years had some. The magazines had some interesting. And we do have uh, cover an artist as an editor this year too. So we're, we're yeah, it's very a exciting. More, a bit more art, yeah. That's good. And then can uh, uh, I guess Cantheus uh, has a call for submissions from established and emerging women and genderqueer writers for the fall winter twenty six. It's a print. It's 2016 print magazine. I should mention Inwards is also a print magazine. The deadline there is September 15th. Although we are going online as well. We're going to be dual. Right. Well, actually, in the past, Inwards has also done some PDFs mm -hmm. on it, but not not all the time, but just uh, some sometimes. So that would be good if you had... Yeah, uh, we're going to hopefully... Should maybe, I shouldn't speak too soon. The plan is to have all issues, both digital and print, for this year. I always add uh, at the proviso, all being well, because yeah, I expect exactly. the apocalypse to happen at any moment. So <laughs> if the world doesn't end and we survive, we'll be publishing poetry. Speaking of publishing poetry, bywords.ca, the deadline for the October issue is September 15th. Go to bywords.ca, uh, see the guidelines. It's it basically have to be a current or former Ottawa student resident or worker. So that's that. And it's usually a good idea to put that in your cover letter if you're not a current resident because uh, that's a good idea. And and I would say that we could really use the poems because we're, we're having having a little bit of a shortage at the at the summertime. So uh, as the winter, fall comes, we pay $35 per poem and then you have the opportunity if the poem is published to be considered for the John Nula Poetry Award and the judge for for the 2016-2017 is Montreal poet Gillian C. And for maybe some of the newer writers out there who are listening, $35 for a poem is actually a lot for a poem. Most places don't pay at all. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, I think there's a lot of the Puritan pays. Uh, uh, print magazines uh, mostly pay uh, like the 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 like Arc and uh, Valum and. Uh, but even still, you're not making more than 40, 50 bucks the upper, upper end. Yeah, it's 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 good. It's a good. It's can keep you in. Uh, you can buy a few pints and. Exactly. It's a good idea. For a couple days. 
That's it. So that's good. Here's a call for submissions to When All Else Fails, Motherhood in Precarious Times. The deadline for that is October 1st, 2016. I will find more information about that and put that up too. I, I think I have that up on the on the site. Um, Poetry is Dead magazine has a call for submissions, a theme. They always do a theme. Let them see you sweat. The deadline for that is December 20th, 2016. So we'll post more information about that. For events, uh, the first one, I just added this one, Urban Legends has us back with their uh, spoken word uh, live on Elgin will be uh, September 6th, Proof Rock Shadowrunner. Uh, he's one of the first spoken word poets I've seen oh, yeah. like eight years ago now. Yeah, Fun, fun. So then on September 10th, Above Ground Press has its 23rd anniversary at Black Squirrel Books at 7 p.m. Stephanie Bolster, Sean Brown, Braun, Braden Bolia, and Pearl Peary. September 13th, we've already mentioned my workshop, Beyond Surface, Close Reading and Response Based on Sound, Shape, and Symbol. That starts at 6.45 p.m. At 8 p.m., the, there's an open mic, and the features are uh, Margaret Christakos and Jessica Moore. Uh, on... Um, a day, oh, September 16th, is the is the Lanark County Spoken Word Series Lips. They have a, an event called Sharing Language and Music Slam, and it's at the Coots Coffee Roastery and Cafe. I don't know exactly if that's in Perth or where. I'll have to find that out before I... On, on, of course, on September 21st, there's a, the Sawdust Reading Series. So who's who do we have at that, uh, Jennifer? Since We're going to have almost all of our contest winners from the year. So that's it's a two-year two anniversary. That's our two-year ah, anniversary. Happy anniversary. Thank it's wonderful. you. And Stephen Ross Smith as well. And Stephen Ross Smith will be doing a workshop for us beforehand at 5 p.m. Excellent. And then on the 27th of September, we have a workshop with um, A.M. Kozak here, editing for Rhythm, Carving Out Cadence in Globs of Text. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I've already planned it. You already ahead. planned it? Oh, yeah, that's good. I see. Ahead. That's great. And then the open mic, and the features are Lawrence Hutchman and Ronnie Brown. And uh, that's that's all I have for all have. upcoming. I got, a, I got a few more. Excellent. I got a few more. Um, so mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to record the first Sunday of every month uh, this podcast now. Um, so tonight, um, this podcast will not be posted by tonight. So this is in the no. past now for you guys. There's a Toronto Poetry Slam at the Drake Hotel, which sounds interesting for, for our Toronto friends. The Residence Reading Series in Montreal on always. September 6th. Yeah, always are, early in, uh, um, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our, uh, our friend J.C. Bouchard is going to be That's featuring Sunday. along with a, a few other a few other poets. Um, I've been meaning to go to residence. I still haven't yet, but soon I shall soon. Um, Pivots in Toronto as well. Pivots 2016, 2017 opener is happening on, on the seventh there. I've heard great things about the, the pivot series. Um, there's a few performers. One of them is, uh, Jacqueline Valencia, whose stuff I like. Mm Um, and there is, um, sorry, I just, I hit the wrong button here. I'm, there we go. Um, there's also Word Up. Where is that happening? In uh, I think it's happening like in um, Barrie. But there's some oh, Ottawa yeah. people who are going to be That's at it. Right. Francis Boyle and Monty Reed. Right. There's I'm there's a couple. Person. There's a, one in Peter. They're doing something in Peterborough too. I think. But, oh yeah. Or maybe it's already happened. I'm not sure. Is that like a series? I yeah. It might be. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have okay. a car, so I almost I'm almost blind to anything that takes place outside of downtown Ottawa or can't be can't be easily gotten to. <laughs> yeah, if so maybe we'll look more into that for, for next time. Yeah. Um there's also um 
couple of more things happening. Uh, Words on Stages and Parathetical are launching in Toronto on the 15th at the Central. Isn't the Word on the Street happening too around the end of September or somewhere like that? Yeah, I saw something called Word on the Street, but I wasn't sure what it was. It's, oh. a, it's a big fe- outdoor festival. Word on the Street in Kitchener? Uh, well, it's all over Canada, actually. Oh, and, is and, it? Yeah, and it, it doesn't, we don't have it in Ottawa for reasons I don't understand, but... Uh, we should look into that. We're wordless on the street in Ottawa. <laughs> Yeah, that looked like a cool, a cool event. Um, yeah, this combination of poetry and, and fiction, and by by a lot of major publishers. Oh yeah, yeah, in in Toronto. We should uh, try to have that here. You mentioned uh, before Plan Ninety Nine reading series happening on the twenty fourth. Yeah, and it's not a poetry. Or there's also another one on the twenty seventh in Toronto at Bates It's a tune. Liz Howard is reading at the Shabby Sheer Poetry Night. Oh, and. Uh, and I would like to plug the art battle in Otto because I think it's a lot of fun. Um, it, sound, it always sounds like fun, yeah. Yeah, it's on the 28th at Arts Court. It's basically people um, competing, doing live painting competitions, and then the audience votes, and there's a bar and music <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. It's a lot of it's a lot of fun. Drunken painting, it sounds like, and argumentative. Well, the <laughs> artists aren't necessarily drinking, although some oh, of them are. Some would... of them are. And they all oh, and they auction off the paintings at the end of the night, so some of them sell for a couple hundred bucks and Sounds like fun. and yeah. yeah, it's a fun it's a fun event and you're mingling too while watching paintings. Mingling. With people, yeah. Oh, I see. <laughs> I hate mingling. <laughs> I'm not a mingler. I don't mingle. Art and cool things. It sounds great, though. Else. Yeah, it's uh, one of the most hipster events I've ever gone to. Already, I'm counted out of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there was an event, Jennifer, yes, you'd like to mention. October 2nd, uh, pop-up re- uh, reading series Railroad is going to be presenting the Sawdust Triumvirate. So that's going to be me, Jennifer Peterson, uh, Natalie Hanna, and Liam Burke. We're going to be... Uh, reading for you on that day. That's Excellent. And is it going to be at Prest? So at you, Prest you, at 2.30 p.m. All right. I'll make sure that's... We had to put that on the Bywords calendar as well. That's great. Prest so I, I think the, those are all the events. Those yeah. are all the ones that I got. I, I last that before we do our sign-off, I, I wanted to mention and give a, a, a sort of thank Perfect Books, which is, uh, this year has expanded its poetry section. Perfect Books is a bookstore on Elgin that's been around for a long time, as long as I can I can remember. But um, they have, uh, their exta- expanded poetry section includes a lot of local auto authors and also uh, poets and also a lot of um, prize winners. And like, for instance, I saw Citizen by Claudia Rankine there. I got the Ocean Vaughn collection there. So uh, spend your poetry dollars there if you if you care to. If spend poetry dollars and uh, if you have the money to spend it's a really appreciate that and if you have uh, any events or calls for submissions or magazines anything that you want us to look at um, please send it our way on social media we love getting more more information and more things to talk about and to share with people so yeah find us and uh, let us know what's happening all right all right. Thank you very much, Jennifer Peterson, for being with us this afternoon. And uh, we hope you had lots of fun. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here. Thanks. And we should also thank our producer, Charles. Charles Earl, <laughs> my husband, who's uh, producer editor, sound engineer, and yeah. uh, thanks to Am Kozak for uh, this 
for doing the podcast. And thanks to Amanda Earl. And thanks to all of you for listening. Of if course. you if you have any any comments or uh, anything you want to share with us or ideas, uh, you can contact me at amanda at angelhousepress.com. Find Aaron Kozak on Facebook. I think you go by that on Facebook. On Facebook, yeah, and on and Twitter, Twitter, I'm Twitter. Kozak. Yeah, and I'm Kiki Fall on Twitter. We'll put it all up on the on the uh, site. And yep. uh, keep spreading the word. It's been awesome. Thank thanks you so much to everyone.